0: You can't truly transform anything if you're trying to ignore different parts. If you literally have to look at your, yourself as a whole, as a holistic person that has a mind and that it has a body and that you have a spirit and that it's all connected. And if one isn't working or if one isn't at its peak, then everything all starts to, starts to just kind of not work as well.
1: I'm Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your I Heart My Life show host. I always say I'm just a girl from Ohio with really big dreams. And now I work from home running a dream business that helps you achieve your goals and create more joy in your life. This podcast is all about all the topics that really matter to you. And it's about giving you everything you need in one place, mindset, relationships, wellness, lifestyle, money, business, and career. We have it all. This is your one stop shop for all things personal development meets lifestyle. So pull up a seat, get out a pen and paper, and get ready to learn. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams with the I Heart My Life Show. This is episode 251 Intuitive Eating, Self Awareness, and How to Overcome Stress with Eva Rodriguez. So Eva is a holistic weight loss and life coach who now specializes in working with people on intuitive eating. She's somebody who suffered an extreme health crisis and had to make a decision about how she was going to transform her own life. That led her to getting a coaching certification specifically in nutrition. And now she works with people all around the world to support them in transforming their lives. She truly has an incredible story and it's obvious that she loves this work so much and yet it didn't come natural to her. She wasn't someone who took care of her body or focused on what she put in her body or how much she moved. And yet she was able to transform that by implementing some of the steps that she's going to share today. So if you want to get control of your health and make a big transformation, this episode is definitely for you. Let's dive in. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Eva. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm so, so excited to be here. So obviously we're going to talk a lot about intuitive eating, forgetting our macros, how to battle emotional eating, but I'm curious to know behind every single expert and teacher and author, there's always some sort of story. So can you take us back and share how you got into this work?
0: Absolutely. So um, I'd been doing human resources for, for many, many years. I was working at a company about four years ago and it was just, I mean, I was you know climbing up the corporate ladder and, and, and trying to get promoted and doing all of these things and not realizing that I was completely burning myself out. And I, I was miserable. I mean, I was just like, my life just revolved around working. I had like a two hour commute both ways and I'm a single mom. So I always had this mom guilt of like, I come home and I'm exhausted, but I have to play with my son. And all of these things were just like constantly just like this pressure on my shoulders at all times. And I realized as I was living through that, I was like, I'm really not happy, but whatever, let's just keep going because this is life. And, you know, it's about getting ahead and making money. And one day I was, I was in my office and I passed out and I had no idea what was going on around me. I had no idea until I I woke back up and there were paramedics there. And that was like the moment for me where I realized something has to change. Like there is something going on with you. You're not listening to what's going on in your body. And you're, this is my body literally saying like, I'm exhausted and you need to take better care of me. And I didn't realize any of this until that moment happened. And that was a moment where I all of a sudden realized this is not how I want to live my life for the rest of my life. And the very first thing that I thought about was my son. At the time, my son was probably about six years old because he's 10 now. And I thought about two things. His father died when he was three. And so I'm a single mom. I'm all he has. And I need to live a long, healthy life for him. And then I also thought about my mother who died a year after my son's father of cancer. And I realized that a lot of these illnesses, these, these illnesses like cancer and high blood pressure, and all of that. They come from stress, not eating well, not taking care of your body. All of that starts to manifest and it comes out as illness. And all of this hit me like literally like a ton of bricks. Like as I landed on the floor, <laughs> it all hit me. And I was like, I have got to change my life because I will end up in a similar place and I'll be ill or I will literally like not be able to do what I need to do with my, for my son and for my life. And that is when I, I just literally dove head in, like head first into how to get healthy. And I had no idea what any of this meant. I didn't know how, what, what healthy meant in general. Right. I just thought, you know, you go to the gym and you like eat salads. Like <laughs> that's all I really thought, like the gist of it was, but I, I just started Learning all of these things. And I found the Institute for Integrated Nutrition to become a health coach. And in that moment, I wasn't ever thinking I'm going to leave my job. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm not thinking I'm going to leave my job and become a health coach or a weight loss coach or anything like that. I just wanted to learn just how to be healthier and how to be a better example for my son as well. And I enrolled for the school and I got my certification. And literally a month in, as I'm learning all of these things, I just discovered like a whole other world of wellness and well-being and i started learning something i'd never heard of before which was the mind body spirit connection and how it's all interrelated and this was just like my mind was blown i was like whoa wait a minute so you mean to tell me that it's the foods that i'm eating that are making me feel this way it's it's the fact that i'm not managing my time properly i'm not managing my stress that my stress is literally making me sick like all of these things started dawning on me and i made a complete change in my life and i literally made a decision about a month into getting certified i need to not only learn as much as i can about being a healthier person and and also when i'm healthier i'm happier but i also wanted to then share everything that I was learning with as many people as I could, because a lot of my colleagues and coworkers and my friends were in the same boat as me. They're just, you know, literally burning the, the candle at both ends or literally constantly on the go, eating in their car, um, just surviving on coffee, which is what I was doing for, for years. It's like I didn't have time to eat lunch. I would just drink more coffee and the things that that was doing. So my nervous system, all of these things became so crystal clear to me of the ways that I, in Inadvertently, wasn't taking care of myself, and in turn, how I was showing up in the world as not my best self. And that's when I literally said, "I'm, I'm, I'm making it my mission to not only become the best and the healthiest version of me, but also to teach as many people as I can the things that I'm learning, so that hopefully they don't end up." fainting on their office floor or, or something worse happening to them because they forgot to take care of themselves. They forgot to take care of their health. So after getting a health coach certification, I became a certified personal trainer, a mindfulness and meditation teacher, a Reiki practitioner. I just dove all the way into all things wellness. And I'm right now I'm training to become a a certified life coach. So I've just become obsessed with just learning all the things, all things just like self-development and then being able to pay that forward when I speak with people, when I'm on my podcast, when I'm coaching clients and just to, my goal is just for everyone that I talked to, to just know that you deserve to live. And I love your philosophy as well, Emily, like to have the best life. And it starts with just putting yourself first. And oftentimes we forget to do that because we just get so busy. And it's not until sometimes something very detrimental or very dramatic happens that we realize like you have to take a break and reassess and put yourself and your health first. And that's kind of how I ended up here.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And I think one of the things I'm curious to know more about is, you know, you mentioned having these patterns and ways in which you were showing up. And at one point, just accepting the fact that life is about stress and striving and wanting to make more money. Is that something that you feel you were taught? Like, was this modeled to you somewhere?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So my parents, um, my parents both come from third world countries. My parents grew up very poor. My mother grew up in Puerto Rico. My father grew up in the Dominican Republic and they grew up literally with no running water, literally with, you know, maybe one or two outfits, like walking to school without shoes, like all those stories that you sometimes hear, like, you know, I walked to school with no, like they literally walked to school yeah. with no shoes. And so they came from a very, like, just, just do as best as you can. And, you know, my, my dad worked his job here until he retired. Right. So it's like, you are you know committed and devoted to your employer until you retire. Right. And so even things like starting my own business, it's like, what, like, what are you doing? Like, it's not stable, <laughs> you know, like you have yeah. to have a stable job with like good benefits. Right. Um, even that was that met, I met, I was met with a lot of resistance from, from my dad with that, because, you know, it's just the way that they were raised. It's like, it's, there's a scarcity mentality of just like do as best as you can work as hard as you can and save all your money because you never know and so even growing up with that you don't realize until um you think about it very consciously like these are the stories that we we basically um they just like inhabit our, our being without like, it's, it's very subconscious. You don't even realize that like your, your thinking comes from just the way you were conditioned. So for me, it was definitely a, yeah, let me work as hard as I can. Let me prove myself. Let me, you know, so that I can get promoted. And it was oftentimes when I would notice other people, it seems like, you know, other people aren't, doesn't seem like they're, you know, burning themselves at both ends and they don't seem as stressed as me. Like, what are they doing different? And it wasn't until I really started doing a lot of the mindset work that comes with all of this personal development that. I realize it's like i just thought that that was that it was supposed to be this way like i literally thought up until very recently in my journey that life is supposed to just be hard and that things just happen to you you know and that you just kind of dig through with what comes your way i didn't i was never taught that it's all a choice right i was never thought that you can choose to think this way or you can choose to think that way either way it's your choice and which one feels better so that was also a big one i think that i had to it was one of those unraveling kind of deconditioning of of those like neural pathways of like making money has to cause you to be really, really stressed out and always unhappy. And like a job is meant to be like just done. And you know, it's not about being happy. I started realizing that no, you can actually have Both. You can make a lot of money and be very successful and be happy as well and not be working 80 hours a week, right? Like there's a balance. It's just a matter of how you view it and how you choose to think. So that was definitely something that was a part of my story. I know you talk about the money story a lot. That was definitely a part of mine that I was completely oblivious to up until really recently.
1: Yeah, I resonate with that. My dad, he has always owned his own business and he but he would get up at like four in the morning and he was always a very present parent, but he worked a lot. And so I always equated success and making a lot of money with tons of hours. And although he loved what he did, I knew that or when I got into starting my own business and running that, you know, I was definitely prone to overworking and working way too many hours and trying to do way too many things myself because I saw that the whole like need to do everything on your own modeled to me by my mom. So it okay. was like the combination of both. So I, I totally get it. And it's something that we all have to work through when we start to do all this personal development work, we start to see our patterns and the way in which we view success and achievement and happiness and all the rules and sort of beliefs that we have in association with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm curious to know, you know, not everyone I'm thinking like Ariana Huffington, right? Like in her book, she talks about falling down and how that changed her life and similar sort of situation, but she didn't go off and like go to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And so (laughs) I think that's so fascinating. Why was that your go to and your solution?
0: It's so interesting because when I, when I tell people the story, they're like, but you didn't even want to be a health coach. I'm like, I know I had no intention. Like that was never my plan, but I'm one of those people. It's really interesting. I'm one of those people where I, when I want to learn something, I just like go all in. I am very extreme in, in my way sometimes. And it's like, I didn't want to just, you know, Google it and look for a YouTube video or whatever. Cause there's so much, that's the, that's the one thing that I have learned. There's so much competing information and some of it doesn't make sense. And some of it does, especially when it comes to health, wellness, fitness, all of that. Like it's, it's, some of it is obviously borderline taboo and there's just a lot of trendiness and all of these things. So I was like, listen, I want to learn this for me in the best way possible. And for me, it was almost like an immersion thing. It's like, okay, let me force myself because otherwise it's very easy to, you know, go on Pinterest and look for a meal plan, you know, and and you think, you know, you think you're doing something because it's like, oh, it says that you'll, you know, so-and-so did this and they lost 10 pounds. So it's, it's very easy to kind of fall into those things. And that was something that I used to do. I, I think I've tried every single diet. I think I've done every workout program that exists. I've tried it all. It just never really stuck. And so I didn't want that to become another thing where it's like, let me just try something. And just like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So I was actually listening to a podcast at the same, around the same time. And I started listening to, um, I guess she went there. So she had like a little in between her podcast, she would talk about the Institute for Integrated Nutrition. And I was like, I wonder what that that is. I had no idea what it was, and her thing was, that eh, if you want to be a health coach, and I was like, I don't want to be a health coach. I'm just interested, and so I started to research it, and that's when I kind of fell into into like that funnel, so to speak. And I was like, what's this? This is really interesting. And they have a six month program. That's interesting. I felt like if I approached it in a almost like a like a like school, right? Almost like a class, it would hold me very accountable to myself because it's very easy for me to say, I'm going to try something and then I'm like, oh, I'm busy. So I was like, let me invest in this. And I think that's also like really important across the board. And I, I talk about this a lot with my clients as well. It's like, when you invest in something, when you put like the, you know, like you literally have like, invested in not just your time but also your money it makes you a lot more accountable to yourself to not only apply it but also to complete it and i knew that that was something that would keep me like on the hook instead of just like a little like $29 program or something like that so uh, that was one thing and i also as i started to like have this like epiphany in my life i was just thinking like it's not just about i didn't know what the missing piece was yet but i knew that it wasn't just what I was eating and it wasn't just that I was really stressed out and it wasn't just that I wasn't consistently working out. There was something else. And I didn't know what that something else was because at that time, my intuition was very much sleeping. (laughs) So I was like, there is something else going on here and I wanted to get to the bottom of it. And so that was where, you know, for me, it's a little extreme because I like fully immersed myself into it with zero intention on ever doing anything with this information. And that's why all of my friends that know me, they're like, I would have never expected you to like become anything like a health coach or a weight loss coach or anything like that, because you were always just like the executive, like the professional woman. And I was like, yeah, but like that, I'm so glad it all happened because it opened my world up to a completely different possibility. I always wanted to help people. That was always something that was a passion of mine, which is why I went into human resources in the first place. It's like, I want to help people. I want people to, you know, be happy and things like that. And it's just all just interesting and serendipitous the way the world and life is. It's like now, I actually do get to help people. Now I actually do get to like all of the things that I've learned and all of the mistakes that I've made along the way. It's like, I'm always like, yeah, I tried that. Let me tell you how that didn't work for me. Not because it won't work for you, but just like I, now I have just like the depth where I can, I can be a lot more relatable when I talk to people and I can say like, I've learned all these different concepts and I can teach you all of them if you want me to. But what it all comes down to is finding what works for you. And really learning and trusting yourself and your body. And that was for me, the key to my transformation is when I finally stopped kind of being so external with everything. And I just went within and I was like, wait, what feels good for me? Like, what is the missing key piece here for me with my whole mind, body and spirit connection? And I don't think I would have learned a lot of these things had I not A kind of gone through the hard all the hard lessons with landing on my on on my back when I fainted, but also with fully immersing myself in something. And then even when I was doing that, I realized I didn't even know this. I realized that I was an emotional eater. I had no idea what that even meant. Like I never had heard the concept before. I'd never heard the term before. So it was in you know my, my health certification training that I learned what it was. And then I was like, wait, that's me. I didn't even realize that like coming home and eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's when you're having a bad day was called emotional eating. I thought it was just something that people do to cope. And so that opened up a whole other world for me. And I actually became specialized in emotional eating psychology because of that, because I was like, wait, this is what I have battled since I was probably six years old. And so again, it's just opened me up to these, 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 other concepts and just just the reality of just like it's so complex sometimes but if you don't know what it like if you don't know what it is that you're dealing with it's really hard to put it into words and that's what i think helped me with all of the the learnings that i did and all the development it's like now i know what all of this means and how it all ties back to the self obviously but you know, five years ago, I didn't know intuitive eating, emotional eating. I didn't know that, you know, how everything is interrelated. I had, I just thought it was just, you know, calories in calories out, which is what we always hear, which is totally not, something that I agree with, because it's not true. (laughs) But it's like you think that because that's what you hear. That's what you see everywhere. That's what you, you know, read in magazines and books and all of that. Like the only way to lose weight is to do eat less and work out more or to do tons of cardio, you know, spend hours at the gym. And when I realized that all of this is actually not true, that also made me just like open up to like, what else? out here what other myths have we been buying into all of our lives um that are only really to our detriment so i think that was why i think for me it worked out the best of me just like immersing myself into learning all the things and then obviously after i learned all of these things i became like i would be selfish to not share this with as many people as possible because there's so much out there. And again, like I said, so many competing theories and all of that, that can really be really confusing. So when I, on my podcast, the reason why I call it uncomplicating weight loss is because it can be very complicated if we listen to all the noise that's out there, you know?
1: Totally. Yeah. Thank you for explaining all of that. So there's a few things I want to pull out. You mentioned that your intuition was the sleep. So was the key piece that you realized when you went within the fact that that you could tune into your body and no longer eat emotionally.
0: Oh yes, absolutely. So for for me, it's it's interesting because I've I've always known that I was very much an empath and very highly sensitive and all of these things. And I, I never liked it. Like it was one of those things where I would talk to healers and things like that. And they'd be like, you're very empathic. And you know, you have a gift. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't want it. This is weird because I feel things I don't want to feel and I'm super sensitive. And I always tried to push it away. And I think that's why it fell asleep. It, I always say like my intuition was sleeping because I wasn't paying attention to it. It was like, okay, she doesn't want to listen. I guess we'll go over here in the corner. And so I think for me, when I started to really open my eyes up to just like, you can't have one without the other, you can't Truly transform anything if you're trying to ignore different parts. If you literally have to look at your yourself as a whole, as a holistic person that has a mind and that has a body and that you have a spirit and that it's all connected. And if one isn't working or if one isn't at its peak, then everything all starts to starts to just kind of not work as well. And so when I started to realize that, I was like, hmm, this is interesting. I had been completely ignoring my body. I had been completely ignoring the signals. And our bodies are all. Always sending us signals all the time. It's just, are we listening? Or are we not listening? Um, and everything from, you know, going into like how I practice and teach intuitive eating, which is like eat when you're hungry and, and stop eating when you're satisfied. Sometimes it takes people some time to even understand what those cues even mean because they're not, used to listening to their body's hunger and fullness cues but bigger than that it's just what your body's telling you you know if you I, I was I suffered from migraines for so many years and I would just like get these like prescription meds for it it's like I, I just have migraines it's just part of my life I had insomnia for so many years I took sleeping pills I just thought that was just the reality when really it was just that was my body's way of saying hey, we're really, really stressed out. You know, something is not right here. Like we really need a little bit more attention from you. We need to relax. We need to find different ways to not be constantly on the go, to not be constantly just like, thinking 24 seven, like that, that was my body's way of saying like with the headaches, with getting sick all the time, with not being able to fall asleep. Like all of these things were my body just telling me like sending these like signals to me and I was ignoring them. I was just like, nope, nope, nope. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm just, I just need some pills. You know, I just need some more medicine. And I was so like disembodied at that point. I was so disconnected from myself. And when I started to put all of this into practice and i started to really learn and practice meditation for example and mindfulness and those things that was really hard for me because i was like i don't want to feel these things i don't want to feel discomfort because a lot of times it's just like i'd rather not <laughs> which is why with with emotional eating you're eating because you don't want to feel you're eating because you don't want to feel the stress. You don't want to feel upset. You don't want to feel sadness. So you think that the food is making you feel better. You think that reaching for the sweets, right? Because it's like, yes, we do get a dopamine hit when we eat something sweet or something salty or crunchy, or the way that the manufacturers make the food to be very addictive because you get that dopamine hit. But then there's always the crash. And then after you've eaten, you know, whatever, and you've overindulged and you've over, eaten. Now, not only do you feel still the same sadness that you felt when you sat down and had the pint of ice cream, but now you also feel possibly shame or guilt or indigestion or whatever, right? So it's like, it just compounds. And that's what I didn't realize was happening as an emotional eater. It's like, I would literally make myself sick eating cookies, right and that would just be like but they just taste so good and i just i was thinking that i was escaping from the actual pain that i just that was what i really needed to deal with it's like what am i really hungry for it's really what did you
1: discover you were hungry for
0: i was hungry for love and peace Mm -hmm. and honestly i think it came down to and i think it all comes down to for me it's always been the struggle of being enough am I enough? Am I doing enough? So I think I would overcompensate in a way of just like doing too much or doing the, you know, just going all in and just like overcompensating and overworking and overdoing, overspending. Like I would buy all these things like, oh, they make me feel good. It makes me feel good. Right. And the same thing with eating. It was just, I was Running away from this I, this whole thing of just like, I, I'm i not 100% sure how I feel about me. And it's easier to ignore and it's easier to escape and it's easier to do that than to really sit down and, and come to the realization of, wait, I'm actually not happy. I actually don't like my job. I actually hate that my commute is two hours each way, you know, and and the the idea that I'm, I'm trying to escape the mom guilt, but really what I really need to face head on, you know, I'm actually not, I don't like what I see in the mirror. Right. And it was all of these things that I had to then come back to. And like, it's like literally looking in the mirror and saying, okay, let's look, let's take it all out and let's deal with each specific thing. And how do we fix it? Right. And that's where I think the work really starts as an emotional eater. Specifically, the work starts there It's like the very uncomfortable things that we don't want to feel. That is how you overcome it. it is by literally facing it. And that's what's really hard. It, it is actually sometimes easier to be like, nope, let me just ignore it. <laughs> but if you do that, then it's a perpetual cycle and the thought cycle continues and it never ends until you take that moment and you face the fears, right. And you look at yourself and sometimes looking in the mirror is hard and you don't like what you see both inside and on the outside. And it's dealing with those very uncomfortable feelings and then having to unpack them and then healing. And then part of that, that opened up my entire like healing and spiritual journey and all of that. But it was, it was hard because yeah, it is easier. I think sometimes to just like, nope, don't want to deal with it. And then you put the blinders on and then you wake up and you realize, You're not happy with your weight. You're not happy with your life. You're not happy with your job. And you've just been escaping. And I think that's what a lot of emotional eaters struggle with. It's just that it's easier to escape, but it doesn't solve anything.
1: And so how long would you say that it took for you to move through that? Because as you described, all this is very much ingrained in us and it's easier to escape via food or even for some people, maybe it's TV or mindless scrolling because we don't want to face our emotions. So my, I have two questions about this. How long did it take? And really, the first question is probably more of what were the first initial steps Was it like when you went to go to the fridge, you checked in with yourself and really tuned in to see what you were actually hungry for or were you hungry? Like, can you break that down for us?
0: Absolutely. So I think for sure, the first step whenever when you realize that this may be an an issue of, of being an emotional eater is really becoming conscious. It's all about awareness. And self-awareness is one of those things where, you know, it's it's a very trendy word in in personal development. It's like, oh, self-awareness, but it's like it really does become the anchor to everything, is this really going into it like dropping out of your head and into your body and literally being able to feel, and that's sometimes very difficult, especially when I work with clients on this. It's like drop down into your body and, and really understand what is what are you feeling right now? Like what is it? What is it really that you're feeling? Is it anxiety? Is it sadness? Is it, are you bored? You know, cause a lot of times people uh, its so interesting when people are like, I don't think I'm an emotional eater. And I'm like, do you eat when you're bored? They're like, yeah, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that board is an emotion. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's not an exciting one, but it's an it's an emotion, right? And it's it's really becoming and and having to sit down and take the time to become aware. So for me, how it started, like from the very very beginning, was I started journaling because I wasn't doing that, and that was one of the, the things that I learned as I was being trained. It's how important it is to just get your thoughts out of your mind and onto paper. And it doesn't have to be pretty or make sense or anything like that. It's just literally getting it out of your mind, because then you're able to see like, oh, wait, this is. I'm thinking all of these things. And then what are these things? How, how am I feeling about these things? And then you take those uncomfortable emotions and you're like, okay, let me start to become acclimated with this very uncomfortable emotion. And that was the very first step for me. It was, it was literally for me to sit there and like write down everything that I was feeling. And also once I was starting, I started to get used to like, okay, now I'm going to write down everything I'm feeling. And obviously sometimes, you know, you're having a terrible day and you just have the urge because you're just like, your brain is conditioned. It's like, I'm having a bad day. I want food or I want sweets or even I want drinks. I also, you know, almost sometimes a bottle of wine at night It's again, escape, right? Because I just wasn't happy. So it really had to come down to Me getting really familiar with like my triggers, right? What is, what is triggering me? It's, it's not getting all the work done. Is it having an uncomfortable conversation with somebody? Like, what is it that's really triggering me? And then understanding that those triggers are just thoughts that I'm having and they're making them mean something and I'm making it mean. Something about me probably and something about me not being, again, going back to, am I just not good enough for at whatever it is that I'm doing and what am I making that mean? And then understanding, okay, now what is the feeling that I'm feeling? What is the emotion that's really uncomfortable that I don't want to feel right now? And then allowing myself to feel it. And for me, a really important tool that I ended up using as, as I was kind of going through my journey of healing my emotional eating was meditation. And EFT tapping was another really big one for me because sometimes, sometimes when your mind is racing, it can be really difficult to like just go into a room and meditate. So when I learned EFT tapping, that was another really, really big one because it was actually physically tapping on my meridian points, right? So I could literally talk myself through it. So I'd be like, okay, I'm feeling this and I would just tap my way through it and at the end of a maybe five minute tapping session, by then the urge goes away, right? By then it's like, if I'm not reacting to my urge right away and I'm allowing myself to process it and feel it, then I'm not eating, right? Then I'm not escaping it. But it definitely is a process. Like it's, it's, I wouldn't say it was like, oh, I just started meditating and tapping. And then three weeks later, I was no longer an emotional eater. I would say it probably took me six months to get to a place where I was no longer, my very first reaction would be reaching for ice cream because ice cream was my thing. My very first reaction wouldn't be that. And because it it was even this funny story, I would like not buy it. I'd be like, I'm just not going to buy the things I want to eat, but I would have a terrible day. And I'd be like, I'm going to go to the store and get some ice cream. Like I would literally get in my car. Like that was not a big enough deterrent for me (laughs) to like not have it. So I yeah. So like I had to go to a much deeper, deeper place of like, okay, I have to literally put tools into place. I was like, when I'm in crisis mode, so to speak, what tools can I go to? And for me, meditation and EFT were big ones.
1: Mm, Thank you for sharing all that. So we've covered so much already. Is there anything else you'd love for people to understand, especially those of us, myself included, who have been yo-yo dieters, who have tried all the things and just don't necessarily know what the first step is? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think the first step is just becoming very conscious and very aware of your thoughts, right? Like the thoughts that you're having about your journey, right? About whether it's like, I'm a yo-yo dieter, Um, what does that mean for you? And and how has this affected you? And and what do you want to do about it? I always ask the very, one of the first questions I ask when I work with clients, it's like, what is your why? And like, why do you want to be healthier? Or why do you want to no longer rely on food to make you feel better? Why do you want to lose whatever amount of pounds you may want to lose? Like why? And it has to be so, so compelling because otherwise things get hard, life gets hard and complicated. And it's like, oh, forget it. I've just set gonna- to, I'll just eat it and I'll deal with it later. Getting very, very clear with your why and then getting very, very clear with what your triggers are and what is going on and then finding ways because then that becomes your obstacles and then your strategies. And that's one of the things where I have, I'll have my clients fill out like, what are all the things that are getting in the way of you reaching your weight loss goal? Right. And they'll write them all down. And then it's like, all right, across from this list, what do we do? Like, what can we do to get you from here? Like, through the river of misery so to speak it's like from where you are to where you want to be and having a very clear picture of where you are and where you want to be is often a really important first step of just like now you can make a decision from your best place right not because someone else wants it or from whatever no now you get to choose what do you want to do about this like is it time because oftentimes i'll have people that'll come to me like they want to work with me and then i'm like oh, you you have to be ready though because i can't do the work for you right so you have to be ready to make the choices to do the difficult things, to deal with the difficult emotions, to deal with the discomfort. Because whenever you start something new, it's very uncomfortable, right? And it's going to be one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, now I have to really be okay with like, unpacking and looking at all of the things and all of like how I got here, right? And how did we get here? And we we look at all of how we got there and where do we want to go? And if wherever you want to go, it's a matter of just like, okay, this is what I want to do. I am willing and I'm ready and I am committed to making these changes. And it all just starts with making that choice you know, life is all about choices, right? Like, are you going to choose? And it was interesting for me as well. Do I want to choose to continue to be the person that escapes life through eating, through drinking, you know, through through overspending and and buying clothes that I probably will never wear, right? Like, do I want to continue to be that person? Or do I want to be a person that lives from a place of love and groundedness and peace and who is comfortable with her body and who loves and respects her body because it's the only one that she has. It was a choice that I had to make and it wasn't an instantaneous one. But then once I did make that choice, then all of the decisions that I make after that, they have to align. Otherwise it starts to feel really weird. It's like, wait, I'm not in alignment with myself. And that's the best, I think, thermometer for anyone. It's like, are you in alignment with your goals and where you want to go? And you'll very quickly start to see if I choose this, I'm no longer in alignment and then I'm not supporting my goal so that I am the one sabotaging myself. Right. And understanding that it, all the power lies within you. So it's just choosing what's best and what's going to make you the best version of yourself.
1: Beautiful. Well, where can people find you online, Eva?
0: Thank you so much. So my website is www.eva.fit on Instagram. I am at it's Eva Rodriguez. They can always listen to my podcast available on all the platforms called uncomplicating weight loss. Amazing.
1: And the final question I have that we ask all of our guests here on the I Heart My Life show, we all know that our minds can only take us so far. So what is one way you recommend people create a life that's better than their dreams?
0: Oh, I love this question. I think it's really taking the time to tap in to your true essence, whatever that means for you. And knowing that you have your own back and always choosing to have your own back. And that means making decisions that will always support your highest self or your best self. And if you do that, then you'll stay in your barriers and your parameters and just choosing you and just knowing that you are so important and that being able to show up as your best self not only helps you, be your best self, but it's just, it emanates with everyone else around you, your family, your friends, your colleagues, your business, your clients, everyone gets to experience the best version of you. And it all starts with putting yourself first and and loving yourself really.
1: Thank you so much. I so appreciate you sharing your story and all your wisdom with our community. And it's just so amazing to have such a incredible resource in you because i know a lot of people struggle with this and we make it way more complicated than it needs to be uh based on what you said our body has the answers it's just are we willing to actually tune in and listen
0: absolutely thank you so much emily
1: i hope you enjoyed this episode of the i heart my life show now do us a favor and tell people about this episode it's truly our duty to make sure that the i heart my life movement is spread far and wide The truth is, life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag IHurtMyLifeShow. That's hashtag IHurtMyLifeShow.